it has been a season. I've hugged my son. I hugged my son, but I wanted to hug your son. Oh goodness, I've cried about our future. I had complicated feelings and arguments about marching in a pandemic. And I literally tried to meditate away reality. I read some books. I got my senator on speed dial. But still, there is so much more work to do. That's why we're back. And this is Your Neighbor's Hood. The, the season, season of, of solutions. solutions. With Hannah and Jackie. I think the thing that makes me both most uncomfortable, but also most intrigued about this topic started when I listened to Nice White Parents, the podcast um, that was put out, I guess it was during the pandemic, I guess. It, um, and it, it outlines this one school in um, the suburb, I think it's in Brooklyn, and about like this, these well-intentioned white parents who ultimately they say that they're going to not leave the school and then they ultimately do. They don't stand by their word that they want it to be integrated. And then years later, white parents come back, but they take over and they don't listen. And then they end up segregating themselves within the school. And I found it just, I mean, it's just, it's like weirdly so uncomfortably compelling to to feel like I I have heard those I've heard these excuses I I know these people it's just such a strong current of people doing these things that it's just so that it's normalized and and so I I think about myself and when we were looking um, to move to this area, you know, one of the questions that that you ask is where are the good schools? But that question has so much unpacking to do. I've also, I've also been um, very, very interested in a podcast called um, Integrated Schools which I'm only, um, I've only just started it in advance of this conversation, but everything that I've heard has been so, so interesting and informative. And when you talk about schools crumbling and there not being enough resources, we have to say that whole picture is because so many white students have pulled out of schools or, or let's just say so many people who could have Stayed and advocated for resources, or who might have had access to resources, or um, could have helped that have left. In the same vein, though, it's like I know there are not less students at. I'm, I can only speak for the area that I'm in. There are not less students than there are at other schools. What I think makes me most most not even uncomfortable, but probably the most pissed, angry, and just like you know, what the hell is the fact that um, as a city we all pay, and this is in cities across the United States. Like as a city, we all pay into the budget 
we all pay taxes into like if we're buying food, it doesn't freaking matter. We all pay taxes into this pot that goes to a school system. However, like a school is set up, whether that's the, the school board is a taxing authority or they get their money from their city council or whatever. How is it possible? Yeah. How is it possible that um, that you got a school on one side of town that's got all the resources and all this stuff and then a school on another side that doesn't? when you're all digging into the same spot. Like I cannot look at that's not uh, white supremacy. That's not racism. That's not bias. Like I can't look at that and say it's not. Because here, you know, we in our city, they built a new school on the the other side of town, right? On the black side of town. They built a, a beautiful facility deep into the black side of town. And you know what happened when that school opened up? there was a specialty program in it. And that goes back to nice white parents. If if people have read that, like specialty programs inside the school, a STEM program and parents, everybody showed up from all over the city because it was going to be thin and it was going to be great. And it was going to be all these things. And at that parent meeting, the white parents asked were kids in the community also going to go to the school. And the teacher responded, why, yes, this is a specialty program within the school, which is how our things are set up. And do you know those white parents got up and left? Oh, my God. Left. I only know this story because a parent came to a school board and meeting and said, and now that school, guess what that school does not have? A functioning STEM program. Wow. So on the flip side of that, guess what's happening to that area right now? It is about 20 years from gentrification. They've already just started building high-rise apartments over near that school. Uh-huh. So about 20, I'm going to say 10 years from gentrification or so. So that's where we're at. That, that, they're not going to let that school go to waste. It just, it kind of makes me, you know, pissy. Just quite frankly, just like, yeah. they're not worth it. They're not worth it. Those kids weren't worth having a STEM program within their schools. And I think what happens with parents painting very broad strokes (laughs) is that you get so zoomed in on your kid that you lose sight of the whole. And I think one of the things that I consider, I mean, one of the things is, it's not only about your kid, but we're this country that really grapples on on such a large scale with um, individualism versus good for the group. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So everybody, it's socially acceptable to say that you're just doing what you got to do for your kid. Nobody's going to argue with that, except for that when everybody does that over and over and over again, then what happens to things that are meant for the whole? And then, and and who, what happens when those kids could have had a, what does the world look like? What does that community look like with kids who've been through that STEM program versus kids who haven't? Like, how could that be such a big impactful thing ultimately for the city yeah 
you're you're weaving i feel like you're weaving a web right like you're weaving a web back uh you're threading excuse me i think it's like threading the needle back into how communities matter right like the 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 educational output is often is, is sometimes the way we reflect on what the value and the good of a community right yeah. if we've got you've got a bunch of kids like a bunch of scholars coming out of this school doing great things you're like oh well, that's a great community they've got good because those kids are living inside of that community mm -hmm. walking back out into that community right so, but I'm with you 100% is because I feel like I've made decisions like that where it's like, you know, I got to do what I got to do for my kid, you know? Yeah. I cannot set my kid up for failure. <laughs> right. Well, we all have different scenarios. We all have kids with different needs. And, you know, ultimately, we all only have so much energy to fight, fight external fights, you know? So, so it's tough. <laughs> so it's just real tough. It's a sticky situation. But I think of, I've been talking, I've been having this conversation in advance of this month um, with a lot of people, but my sister in particular, who's eight years younger than me, and she went through the same school system I did. And I, I was saying recently to her what values I have in my life from having gone to that school, even though I, this is in North Carolina, North Carolina, I think was ranked 48 out of the 50 states in terms of education. And, um, you know, there were, if you looked it up, uh, if you look my school up um, on niche or any of these things that rate schools, it doesn't score incredibly highly. So, you know, but I, I, I have all these skills that came from that experience that I don't know how you measure them and report on them, but I'm so grateful for that experience. I I can't say that I loved high school, but I feel good about the things that I took from that experience. And I was saying all this to my sister and she said, well, you know, don't you remember that we were pulled out to be an academically gifted and what did your academically gifted class look like? And I was like, well, damn. <laughs> caught you know <laughs> I can't you. You, you caught yourself well I just didn't I didn't remember it because I guess um that happened in middle school yeah and it was not like it wasn't the whole day there was like some little program that happened I think like once a week or something like that so it wasn't it, she didn't totally, it didn't totally undercut, but it was, it's the same thing as this whole STEM program thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, my son went to a specialty program and within that building was another special, it was two specialty programs housed in a school, in one school. And I can tell you a ton of times where they said, um, it was like two different schools. It was a separation between um, uh, middle, 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 and lower class kids versus upper class kids. 
and naturally um, you know, the, the, the ethnicities fell on certain lines. So a certain program in the school was getting opportunities and getting things to do, but the other one wasn't. And you have one principal uh-huh. presiding, and I felt bad for the principal presiding over these two specialty programs uh, where one was deemed more special <laughs> than the other when they're just wow. different. They're just different. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. So too. you can have performative integration then. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Sorry. I'm not like, I'm like, you can have performative. What does that mean? Uh, you know, it feels to me like the thing that people talk about performative activism, where you put up Black Lives Matter signs in your yard or on your Facebook or whatever, but then yeah. you don't make any sort of real actions that really make a difference. So you as a, you can say you go to an integrated school, like as I was, I was saying, I mean, I, no, I'm not totally, that's, I, I'm in, this was in the shades of gray, I think, because that wasn't my whole experience. I wasn't completely in some separate program, but I mean, still, it, it's that idea of saying you're being able to say that your school is integrated but within the walls you've got everybody nicely separated yeah yep yep where again again where you hear the stories of well the program of most of the most of the non-white kids go to school downstairs and the other ones go to school upstairs like that's a real thing in our town in one of the schools oh uh, Oh not even, I can't even make that up. You know what I mean? But then that goes to, have you seen Jenny in Georgia? No, I have. Wow. Uh-huh. The, the show did a very good job of tackling that. Like you feel like an educator is doing something one way or like prefer whatever that is. It makes me think about the other side, the like the other stuff in education, the social emotional side to it and how that is a huge oh, yeah. of like, for all our kids, for all our little scholars, the social emotional side of education that's like, where is it? How are we, you know, yeah, down to the point where you're going to laugh at this. So like, like, there's that, there's that race tension or whatever. But my son today, my, my daughter, I was came downstairs with this outfit on that had like straps, like it had overall straps, but her shoulders were like, she had had the shoulder all around you know how the your shoulders are out in a shirt uh-huh uh-huh can't you he's like you know shoulders are provocative especially in an educational setting (laughs) (laughs) our shoulders are just so provocative he's just making a joke of it he's like i don't get it but i'm just saying like yeah all of these other things like how we police our girls and we police our boys in school about what they wear, how they act. And there's a racial, there's a racial lens to that too. So like, boom, a whole nother side of education that we're like, do we want cops or do we want counselors? And we constantly see the investment of cops in certain schools. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's a big, that's a really big one to me. That's a big one that is zoomed into schools about wanting more support from counseling and just and also in communities when we think of when we talk about the levels of defund the police, which um, which is just 
divert some of those funds into people who are specially trained to attend certain calls who might be um, more in a position to de-escalate. And we want that same thing in our schools. And I, I agree with mm -hmm. you. And it's, how do we get that? That's just another layer to the education system. It's just another layer. Well, hmm. well, this is a tangent, but it makes me think of this. I, you know, it, in terms of school security, because the whole other thing is school hmm. shootings now. But and this is maybe a tangent that we can cut. But um, you know, you put all the metal detectors and you have all the cops in there, but you can students now can if a school has a 3D printer then any student can have a gun that wants it. And we're not even talking about the fact that these some of these schools where uh, if, if one thing breaks my heart, the one thing that I thought would change the way we do, you know, when we talk about infrastructure and safety in schools, I thought that Newtown would, would do it because of what happened in Newtown, you know? And when we talk about school right. shootings, typically that's happening at white schools, right? And it, it yeah, and yeah, by yeah. white men. Boom, that part. Oh, boys. But I really thought that Newtown would change the way we spoke about these things and how we looked at whatever safety was, but it didn't. It, it didn't. All those, I, 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 I have a hard time imagining those those youngins but in the same vein when you said it's with it's with me it's with me every single day it's always with me it's in how i parent i'm i live in such i mean i, I it's not like a i don't know it's just it's a flavor that's been mixed into the stew mm -hmm. of how i parent and i will not forget like i used to in 2019, 2018, 2019, I spent a lot of time at with the little citizens in the school. And I remember being in the school when they were having an active shooter drill. And it was the worst. Yeah. It was my, you're in the, they, we all go into the bathroom. It's tiny, like yeah. something kindergartners, the teacher and me in a bathroom. And just like the, I, I can't even, I don't know how to describe that feeling, but we do that and we have no discussion about it. There. I know, um, I know that firsthand because I worked in a school for four years um, and we practiced, I don't actually don't think we practiced for inclement weather at all. And that was a school that had middle school through high school. We practiced, we did active shooter drills very often. And the troubling thing for me was that um, there was kind of mixed messaging about, you know, here, here's what we're going to practice. But in reality, if it's happening, then you don't go high to be a city up. Then you, then you run and you try and yeah. get out. But so what's the point of practicing? <laughs> what are we practicing? Yeah. And why is so much... Um, energy go into practicing how to respond as a, I mean is this, is that same amount of energy going into the preventative oh, that's what I'm saying because when you said metal detectors and things like that 
I don't think that some of these schools where a school shooting has come up comes into people's minds. You know what I mean? We just don't, I don't think it. I don't think, at least maybe that's my bias of, you know, where I come from when, when you said metal detectors, I'm like, metal detectors are at school where there are typically lower income minority people. And then they talk about that, which sort of goes into that school to prison pipeline, which is another thing, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh boy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Jackie. Well, that's just, I'm sorry. It's a whole separate thing. <laughs> There's so much. It, but it is. That's why this is so big, right? Like, yeah. Children should not be arrested in school. There is not a thing that a, a child can do in school that that should elicit an arrest short of bringing a gun and short of some sort of threat that is going to hurt other students. Ah. Yeah. Right. And so we see like these these children being desensitized to like I just saw something the other day where I was like, I'm not watching it, but it like it just uh for some reason Alexa thought I needed to oh see gosh. this. <laughs> I watched one, it was the little kid being a five-year-old being arrested. Uh, was it in North Carolina? I if I'm thinking of the same thing, it's it's the little boy who picked a tulip next to his bus stop. Oh, no, no, no. This was another little boy where I think he threw a tantrum, left the school, which that's a thing, too. I've seen that happen. (laughs) And you have to find them. So he and he was throwing a tantrum and he was just crying and screaming and crying. And the, the police officer goes and screams in his face. And it was just the worst. It was like, all right, we're preparing him for juvenile detention. Like this is boot camp for a five-year-old, five or Jackie, six, right? The problem with this whole conversation is that you and I are like, oh, which little boy was it? There should be no which little boy got arrested. There shouldn't be multiple ones of them where we're like confused over who we're talking about. But based off the 21st century has given us access to these things that have been happening forever. Yeah. Right. Been happening. I I even as a kid in middle school um, was at a dance and um, at the dances they used, it was in a middle class white neighborhood when we, me and my friends, all of us took a picture together because the school picture allowed you to take dance, take pictures at the dance. I got called down to the office like two or three days later, me and the other black girl that were in the picture because we were going to be expelled for uh, throwing up gang signs because we had the letter like an L up, like a I love you L because we used to say like an L, like almost like the loser yeah. sign. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And they were going to, uh, there, there were four other white girls in that picture who never got called down to office, nothing. And they were doing the wow. same thing. And they were, they called me. Yeah, I, yeah, ain't that wild? And my mother went stam the hell off. Yeah. This <laughs> is like, did you call these two young girls down here and that's it? I see some other people in this picture and they were going to expel us for being, for throwing up gang signs without even asking us like what it meant or whatever it was. And luckily my mom is just crazy enough. But again, desensitizing black particularly black students to the to the to the legal yeah. process right yep. to <laughs> and exhausting exhausting the 
energy of mothers who have to go like your mom did to fight to defend the whole thing and stop it. So I was going to say this also kind of leads me to another aspect of education, which is white parents doing more educating of themselves and educating of their children and uh, the sooner the better. And um, I remember when we first started this feeling some sort of like, well, you know, when they're a little bit older, I will or whatever. And I'm so glad that I didn't wait any longer past that one little stupid thought <laughs> because because in a way, I don't know if this would ever directly relate or is ever measurable, but if white parents spent more energy educating their kids earlier on, then those kids can become better allies in moments like that. And then they grow up to be adults who don't pull a student out of a, out of a dance and try and get them expelled for holding up a L sign. I mean, that all sounds really pretty, but I mean, like, yeah. but, and, and I'm not overly optimistic about it, but I do think it makes a big difference. I agree. And it's weird. It's a very weird territory because while my parents um, were not, were not racist and like didn't give me actively racist thoughts, we still all have room to grow and do better. And I, I wasn't taught these things from a very early age. I wasn't explicitly taught them, I guess. So it's, it's an uncharted territory in a way for me because I'm not just copying things that were always done and given to me. So there's a, a level of real discomfort in doing that. But I, I think once I started, I, I don't feel that at all. Like it was just the initial ripping the Band-Aid off of starting. Yeah. You're parenting with intent. Yeah. You're not just letting the world just happen. You're introducing things into your child's world. And essentially we we are our children's first teacher. Yeah. Their first educator. Right. And our and our own educator, because we're even though we're done with school, there's so I feel like in a way that I'm getting like a an extra degree. <laughs> so many there's so much. I mean, for me anyway, there's so many books to read. There are so many people who have been thinking these things and saying these things for so long. And then just this summer, the heat got turned up on it. And thank, thank God that the outcome can be that then people can more voraciously go after fighting for equality. Yeah. Holy, I was going to say, holy snikes. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like we have won the opportunity lottery um, in some sense, living in this time. Yeah. You know, as like the founding fathers had their opportunity lottery of being able to be a part of building a nation like what a time to be alive coherent and able to do something for us yeah in this moment and I don't know that it starts with education but that's a huge piece of this movement yeah it's a huge piece and it's not just the federal system of education it's the home if I hear you correctly 
Yeah. It's a, it's a, if it's not the actual starting point, it's definitely, a, if we're looking at the food pyramid, <laughs> I think it's down there at the bottom. It's a big building block. And there's so much. Yeah. So where do we go from here? Like, where do you think we go? Where did you think this, this, this season of solutions is going to go with this education piece? I, I, I can say I have no idea. There's so much. Yeah. So I think this is a good spot for if somebody has listened up until this point and they feel like a little choose your own adventure, they could let us know what they're most interested in about education and we can do our darndest to pursue that thread. But I'm very curious about whose responsibility in school systems is it to make sure that things are happening equitably? Who do students go to or teachers go to? Who is the person who can be gone to to help make change when there are injustices in the school? I'm also very interested in <clears throat> thinking through ways to broaden the perspective of white parents, uh, myself included, as as we navigate moving through a school system and knowing what our role is within that system to do the most good and cause the least harm. What are you, what do you think? Um, I just keep hearing that word system. Yeah. Holy, <laughs> you know, I, I think for me, it's many hands make light work. I'm very, I think each little, every time you like, uh, if I'm looking at the education system like a piece of ice, right? And you and I have these little chisel because we're trying to make this sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> like we're gently trying to peck away so that it doesn't all fall apart. Yeah. But because we novices or very much so uh, beginners on this the entire system piece, but we do come with our own level of experience and, and vision that it's, it's, it's a, I don't know, I want to chip, chisel away with you in a way that brings some sort of clarity for someone to do something. Yeah. And the ice doesn't, the ice doesn't melt without someone feeling, seeing, or, you know, remarking or making a move towards something. Right. You know? Yeah. And also that the moves aren't so small that they're not um, a part of the final vision. Yeah. <laughs> but here we go. If everybody gets a chisel. <laughs> yes. If everybody gets a little chisel, we might get to where we're going and chip away just as much to this, this vision that we all sort of want in equity and education, then you might be able to get there. You just got to find, I mean, finding your people, that's what I'm hoping to make uh, moves in communities. Yeah. But I also will express how difficult it can be when you're working with systems. And I think that's, that has been consistent across the past few months when we were talking about you know, when we're talking about housing and we're talking about health, it, 
the systems that that uh, that sort of spin us out from being able to see um, our, our what's out in front of us out of our own rear view. It's a web. Like, don't get caught in that bad web. And I'm I'm hoping that whatever comes of this, we're able. People are able to see in their own backyard um, and not feel completely locked up by the system. Yeah. So next episode, we'll give some solutions that you can feel that you have at least made a start. You can get comfortable with the idea of, of taking little action, chiseling off little pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we're putting on our detective hats. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be inspector gadget can you be inspector gadget yes. and i'll be what is it penny yeah penny his, yeah uh, um and brain the dog brain so basically i'll be i'm yeah. gonna be useless on roller skates and you'll actually do it that's what <laughs> just so you understand the division of labor <laughs> oh Anna, no Anna, no <laughs> I can't take it. I can't take it. Can we be a super sleuth and, you know, and you guys join us? That's that's ultimately what we need. Yeah. If you have yeah. if you have ideas for solutions that you want to reach a broader audience, please reach out to us. Connect with us on social. Uh, send us an email through our website, yourneighborhood.com. All right, you've been listening to Your Neighbor's Hood, and as always, give us a like, a rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends, and join us on social. Stay open, stay curious, and make it a great day. Closer to history.